What do you listen to on that long road trip? Do you have a playlist that you've made just for those times? Or if you have little ones, you might play um, I Spy or what's another way to pass the time really well? Colors, 20 questions, any of those? Well, I have a travel playlist, and it's different from the day-to-day. Um, I don't know why that is, but for whatever reason, the playlist that I have for when we're on the road um, is, is different, and I love it. And it uh, not only does it pass the time, but it just takes me to another place, and I really enjoy it. God created a playlist, and uh, all of the psalms present to us lyrics to some of his favorite songs. And this morning, we're actually going to dive into one of these in a section of the psalms called the Songs of Ascent. These are songs that the people of God would, would sing would, together and to God as they made their way back to journey, back to Jerusalem. They would um, pull out whatever medium they had, right? And they'd hit play and they'd sing these familiar tunes with God's lyrics to inspire, to encourage, to lift, to challenge, to carry them um, on this journey. So it's by design that you enjoy a good playlist while you travel. Let's, uh, let's listen to one this morning. This morning we're going to be in Psalm 121. I invite you to turn there. It'll be on the screen. And I want you to do something a little bit different. I definitely want your eyes and attention as we go through it. But maybe if you feel comfortable enough, um, I'd love for you just to hear this. It is, after all, a song. I'm not going to add a melody to it. But maybe as you hear it, um, it'll sink in a little bit more. So you're welcome to follow along with your eyes, but please follow with your ears. Hear God's word. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel. Put behold in the next song you write. That'll work. Will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out, your coming in from this time forth and forever. This is God's word. God, make the lyrics to this song ours. Put them on repeat for our hearts. Help us to receive this beautiful promise this morning. For Christ's sake, amen. You may be aware, but the self-help industry is booming. It's about a 10, is it million or billion? Billion dollar industry. And what's ironic about uh, this industry, um, you know, this is a very unique time. I mean, uh, Westerners and really all of civilized history has it never been as it is now. And of this huge industry, 
the people, this is really ironic, the people who have most invested in these materials did so 18 months prior. We all know we need help, but the help seems to run out of gas. You see, the psalmist looks to the hills on, let's, let's say his family's journeying to Jerusalem, and he says, where does my help come from? And we need to know that these hills represented just um, innumerable pagan worship centers. Baal and Asherah, uh, sacred prostitutes, sorcerers, magicians would sit on these hills and meet these travelers along the way. Jeremiah would call these hills a delusion. And we have them as well. Author Tim Keller talks about um, three main mini-gods that you and I tend to serve. Money, sex and love, and power. In the path of life, have you indulged in one of these for help? I have. You see, we look for these mini-helpers in the hills along the way of life. To bring us healing, help, and hope, only to find that they run out of steam. This morning, there's a beautiful, beautiful promise for us. There is a helper like none other. He is comprehensive, and he is constant. He's comprehensive first. Did you notice that from verse 3 to verse 5 to verse, I think it's 7, we go from physical guarding to emotional guarding to spiritual guarding. He won't let your ankle get sprained, um, anxiety to, to, to go too high, and any manner of spiritual evil to overcome you. It's comprehensive. You know, in our day and age, it's, um, if, if this is true, um, we know that maybe, maybe slipping on rocks isn't a isn't a challenge that we face each and every day of our lives. But we also know that, that there are, uh, you know, it doesn't take long. You'll, you'll read on the news about um, some emotionally unhealthy person with a, with a weapon who harms people for no cause. We know that um, the drugs that you and I uh, receive and spend money to, to research and develop don't always work. We still become ill. We still die. Some of us, either on a car, a stepladder, or an athletic field, got hurt, breaking our best laid plans. I don't know if you were caught by surprise, but when you began to follow Jesus, somehow life just didn't get better right away. Hope wasn't always there. Peace was sometimes hard to find. But our comprehensive helper is in tune with our physical need, our emotional need, and our spiritual need. I love that, I love that it's so nuanced, that it's so particular. The concreteness of the song takes us to places that normal, normal language wouldn't. The psalmist is sure that God cares where their foot's step, foot, is that foot's feet step. I make up words all the time. You should wordsmith me. 
What was one that I thought of the other day, Alex? Oh, trolling. Trolling. I just learned what trolling meant. I thought trolling had to do with fishing, but it's not. Anyway, that's a, that's a totally different thing. So, making up words, making up meanings. He cares for us physically. He cares for us emotionally. There is no other, um, either cultish religion or uh, world religion that, whose God is, is inter- interested in doing anything other than you coming to him or her. It is our God alone who comes to us. It is our God alone who cares about our physical well-being as much as our spiritual, who cares about our minds and our hearts as much as the food that we eat. I teased it a little bit, but um, perhaps you're thinking, well, Skylar, I have had the um, metaphorical sprained ankle following Jesus. I do struggle with depression. I have been harmed spiritually. Pastors have abused me spiritually. So what does this promise even mean? I was reading one author, and he put it like this. He says, If all the oceans, if all the waters in the ocean were to come about you, none of them would enter in. In other words, he likened a boat or a vessel to you and I in our life, in the oceans and the waves, the different things that you and I encounter. But that boat will never sink unless water overcomes it, unless water enters in. The promise of God in this passage isn't that he takes us away from the pain and suffering that we experience, but rather nothing will get in between. The water won't come in between his love and his purpose for you ever. So the question to you this morning after we think about this comprehensive God is to which many gods, miniature, do you turn? Keller helpfully uh, provides uh, uh, four ways in which we can identify um, those things in our life that often uh, replace the one true God um, in our lives. And let me, let me give those to you. I think they're super helpful. To discover, if you don't already know, those uh, miniature um, gods or idols that we turn to for help, and to help us find those, one of the first ways we can do it is check our imagination. Where does our daydreams go? What do we think about? What consumes our thoughts? That's always a good lead. Check your budget. Where, does, where is your money being spent? Where do you have no control over certain spending? Third, how do you respond to unanswered prayers? Or you've asked for something from God and um, you, you've been asking for quite a while and, and nothing has happened. What happens as a result in your heart? That's a great way to find one. And fourth, he offers uncontrollable emotions. Is it anger? Is it frustration? That's where it comes in for me. What, what is causing that? What is causing that? We've, we've got a, you know, I'm trying to describe Anna's size, like this size. Um, and man, I, I'm a control freak. And when she is just having a fit, I can get so frustrated. I'm like, Dory, go. You go. 
But when I, when I think, when I, when I take a moment and I get so you know, quickly irritated at this helpless human being, I quickly realize that the, the, the idol of my heart, the mini God that I want to, to set up and, and love on all the time is my ability to control. So you see how when you use some of these venues, we can discover those smaller gods that we turn to on the paths of life, on the journey of life. We know we need help, but the help we often pursue is short-lived. It never comes through on its promises. But the beauty of this passage is that we have a helper who's comprehensive, who's holistic, you might say. But he's more than that. He's constant. So the first was like a descriptor of his keeping, of his guarding, of his help. The second is, is like the manner. It's like the way he goes about it. And guys, this is where it gets really sweet. What does it say? He says, He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And in the very end, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Why do we think that the God who would save us doesn't see us through the end? He, he rescued Israel, and the same power that rescued them from Pharaoh will carry them to the promised land. See, I think a functional mistake you and I make is, is we get and appreciate the Sunday gospel power um, that, that Jesus was raised from the dead, but we forget the Monday blues, and we, and, or we don't forget them. We forget the gospel in light of them. And the power that, that, was, that was there is, is, is available right now in this place. One author said this, We know God created the world, accomplished eternal salvation. But we can't believe that he would condescend to watch the soap opera of our daily lives. So we purchase our own remedies. And therefore to ask him to deal with our troubles is like asking a famous physician to apply his or her latest technique on our scratches. Have you made the mistake of thinking that um, your wandering obedience, uh, that God has, has got bigger fish to fry? He's gotten bored of, of, of perhaps the minor things that, that come up each and every day with your families that he, that, he, that he needs to be with and wants to help out a more exciting Christian One of my favorite stories um, is the story of Harry Potter. And uh, J.K. Rowling um, gives words to Dumbledore, who was their um, headmaster, sort of the sage of the story. And he says this to Harry. He says, um, help will be given at Hogwarts to those who deserve it. Why did she write that? I think she was just capturing what we all believe to be true. God helps those who help themselves, right? Baloney. And I didn't write baloney in my manuscript. You see, we have this deep belief that the help is for those who are good. Help is for those who have earned it. 
Unless we have something to give, we can't ask for help. We, have to, we think we must be better. Where's the proof? You know where the proof is. It's in Jesus. Jesus was not a helpless victim. If there was ever one who deserved the help of God, it was him. That man chose to be there for our sake. He is a sacrificial substitute. And if there was one person who deserved it that didn't get it, that means all of us who never deserve it receive it freely. I challenge you to get rid of that mistake that we all make, which is to think that we somehow have to to give a little bit to get some of him, but rather hope, help is found. And we acknowledge that we have nothing to give. I love how Jesus illustrates this. Remember how Peter was, was coming out and he began to sink. And he didn't tell Peter, you know, all right, start swimming like this. Um, get on your back. You can float better. You know, make your way there. He didn't throw, you know, a, a rope out to him. Um, he gave him himself in the moment of his doubt. See, our God is not a God who just points out the way. What does what the Bible say? He is the way. He's not one who gives encouragement, advice from a distance. He enters in and offers his very self. God himself is the help of his people. And he freely gives it to those who acknowledge that. Our big, our big idea this morning, our, our landings on this morning is this. And I want you to remember this. You are safe. You're safe with God. Perhaps you had a parent whose, whose relationship with you um, was, was really more or less uh, just providing for needs. And um, they, they, just, they sort of paid for everything, but, but that's kind of where it ended. The God of the Bible, through Christ himself, reminds us that the parent we have in him, in Father, Son, and Spirit, is one who not only just gives us the gift of life, for some future reality, but for life now. So that as we travel, the pilgrims that we are, the wayfarers, that, we, that, that as we go, that the waves will hit, the promise of God is that they will never, ever overcome the boat. They will never come from within. This is the gift of God. You are safe. The Lord will keep you forever. Have you admitted those many saviors that we all like to cling to? Do you know what they are? The gift of life from God comes when we admit those. We give them those, and he plants in our heart the gift of himself. So I encourage you this week, today, where in what ways can you admit and receive the very hopeful promise that God is your keeper? Let's pray. Father, thank you that this sweet and short psalm is, is just that. God, I, I pray that you'd help us to even uh, learn it, memorize it. This is one of those where along the way, 
if this tune would carry our hearts when, when these moments in life come, moments that will come immediately after this service, perhaps some that are entering in the hearts and minds of, of your people right now. But these words, these lyrics would come to mind. You are our keeper. You care for us in every way imaginable. Our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, and our spiritual well-being. And more than that, God, that though we're, that we're tempted to think that you would get tired, just like we get tired, you don't. And you're keeping, you're watching, you're preserving us. Never ends. Lord, by your Spirit, root out of us those many gods that we have replaced you with. Help us to see them. Help us to joyfully repent of those things so that we might receive the very hope of your son Jesus. This is our prayer this morning. We ask it in his name.